The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hi, I'm Dan from Desert Island Dicks. Today's guest is the very wonderful Ben Bailey-Smith, also known as Doc Brown. He's a musician, he's a comedian, he's an actor. He does a bit of everything. I mean, you just got to go online and try and write a succinct biography for him to, to realise that it's quite difficult because he's up to loads of stuff, but he's a fantastic guest. Obviously, I'm biased and I always love the guests that we have on Desert Island Dicks, but I think it was a, a particularly strong one today. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, just a reminder, we've still got tickets for our live show at the Bedford Pub in Ballam as part of the Cheerful Earful Podcast Festival featuring the amazing John Robbins. That's on sale now and it's uh, Thursday the 6th of October, so make sure you come along to that. There's a link in the description of this podcast. We've also got the information up on our Instagram and Twitter at Dixpod, so check it out. But right now, let's get on and listen to the podcast. It's Ben Bailey-Smith, a.k.a. Doc Brown, here on Desert Island Dicks. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest. And here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is actor, musician, comedian, podcaster and more. He's an all-round polymath. It's Ben Bailey-Smith, also known as Doc Brown. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm feeling good. I've got that Friday feeling, you know. I feel very positive, so I've got... Got to turn my brain around to get really nice and negative for this, uh, <laughs> this particular concept that you've you've come up with. Well, maybe it will just sort of make sure there is no negativity left in you. Yeah, you know, it's like think of it as a purge, mm. a cleanse. Yeah, you know, yeah, and um, hopefully it won't get you too riled up. I mean, you know, you you're involved in so many different things. Does that mean that you're you know a relatively calm person and methodical, or, or you know, do you kind of get quite passionate about stuff and riled up easily? No, I think I'm I'm very very calm which means if i do get riled up it's it's a it's a problem because it's 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 very rare Mm. so i'll explode my i have one daughter who's very similar like she never gets upset but that occasion that she does you gotta batten down the hatches because it's gonna get nasty (laughs) you know whereas the other one it's just like she's always flying off the handle every day so this is totally different (laughs) don't take her that seriously yeah i'm I'm, i just i I don't i don't see any point in getting worked up about stuff i'm just more of an observer Mm. and i think about it that way you do get things done much more efficiently if you just watch you just watch and observe and take a breath and then make your decision Uh, if you're a reactive person i think you might be more well remembered i suppose you might be more like highly regarded um but 
you're going to make a lot of mistakes, man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It makes perfect sense. And I'd like to say I'm similar, but then I'd think back a few hours to getting the kids ready for school this morning. And uh, mm. I don't know if it's true all the time. <laughs> yeah, just lose it. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, look, let's get into it and see how we get along then. Um, who's going to be the first person joining you on the island? Well, this is actually really tough, man. I'm, I found all the other questions way easier than people. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because first of all, like, the first thing that came to my mind is if I was on a desert island, like I would be on that list. Do you know what I mean? I had like being alone for too long. I just I get so irritated with myself, you know, <laughs> just find myself going, oh, shut up like, to my to my own brain. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I thought it'd be a bit too existential, including <laughs> myself. But my the first the first three people that came to mind were me, my dog, and uh, the traffic warden who patrols Wilsden Lane. Like those those three people. Um, but then I realised there was an animal, so I, I cut the dog out. <laughs> and then I also realised that it's just too colloquial. You know, m- m- my local traffic warden probably doesn't mean a lot to other people. It means a lot to me though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I then started thinking about people that everybody knows man and the first place my head went which is probably the first place a lot of people's minds wander is to jeremy clarkson but then i thought actually i'd take all three of those dickheads from uh, the grand tour and, and stick them mm, yeah, <laughs> they yeah. all irritate me equally and then uh, that's a bit boring so i scratched them and also thought clarkson's just a bit too obvious he's, <laughs> he's just you know his 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 sort of raison d'etre is to be an obnoxious dick yeah you know yeah so i thought it was too obvious so then my mind went towards uh prince andrew okay <laughs> and, and i settled with him i thought yeah <laughs> definitely definitely would not want to be spending any lengthy amount of time with that guy you know yeah just someone so full of shit as him <laughs> um you know i mean clearly he's uh he's an he's an innocent man i mean it's a totally innocent man who paid a person that he'd never met 12 million pounds just one of those things that happens yeah we've all done sometimes it sometimes in your life you know we've all done it we've all been there <laughs> just never met this person but i should probably give her 12 mil um mm-hmm. being that i'm an innocent do-gooder so yeah i just i don't trust the man i uh i don't want anything to do with him so to have him on and there's island with me, me would be up there with my worst nightmares definitely for him it's just that He's such a, a great poster boy for sort of privilege and not realising the extent to which you're wrong about things. You know, just that, that it was, self-belief. It was just, it was just a normal, everyday, run-of-the-mill shooting weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yeah, absolutely. That, that is how it bugs me, that, that kind of... Just no concept of other people at all, really like what other people might think or feel and just that sort of i'm going to go and give this interview don't worry it's fine because once they hear me talk everything will be settled it's just that that level of i mean like unreal we could all do with a little bit of that self-belief but there's probably a point where there's definitely a line when you're like you're so far past real life absolutely shocking i mean uh, as actually a friend of mine who interviewed him emily mateless uh and i spoke to her about it you know um because I was just fascinated by it, having watched it, the whole thing. I just couldn't believe the level of scoop. <laughs> when I spoke to Emily about it, she said to me, dude, like, no one was more shocked or surprised than me. <laughs> she said she she went in that day expecting to just get p- 
PR'd up the wazoo, do you know what I mean? You can't, you can't ask this, you can't ask that, you can't ask this. She said there was just nobody there. Like, nobody approached mm. her, no one said. Like, she just had this time. She's like, so I've just got the whole hour and I can just ask why. And she's like, just go on with it. She, she couldn't believe it. She was shocked. And then she didn't even get most of her bombshell questions out because he was just dropping bombs left, right and centre <laughs> himself. She was just sat, sat there in shock, not really having to do anything, just going, are you sure you want to say what you just said? Because <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, you almost want to coach him, be like, are you sh- is, do you think this is going well? I mean, as an interrogator, you kind She's, of, you know. Yeah, she could not believe yeah. her luck. So like, she came away with everyone saying, oh my God, Emily... Emily's like blown this thing wide open but actually she was like nah he kind of did it himself I was just there <laughs> yeah I mean extra credit for just keeping a professional straight face and not just going whoa yeah. mate do you know what you just said I know she's so smart and she's so sharp that, that yeah she's and she's so pro like there's ne- ne- no no one's ever gonna pull the rug out from from under emily mm. so mm. there's no doubt about that but yeah regardless of your own intelligence and professionalism it was an amazing job to sit there and just go wait what <laughs> <laughs> to, to not do that was was a, a exceptional self-control I think. yeah yeah so spending time with him on the island i mean mm. i just think on, on a practical level as well like you know i think um <sighs> Because on one on hand, you know, people say about like the royals, oh, you know, they they can get stuck in and work hard and stuff. But I just sort of think, well, maybe you've also been looked after very well for a long time, you know. Mm. And I just think, you know, do you think he's going to get his his hands dirty in terms of like chores and stuff like that? He's he's not giving you much help, I don't think. He's not going to help. He's not going to help. I I mean, does he know how to start a fire? Even I I I just. I could see him being completely useless. Just one of those. Just making that noise mm. quite a lot, which is un- unhelpful. I'd probably have to eat him. Yeah, yeah. I imagine it'd be quite tender meat, you know, like, yeah. you know quite an unstressed life, isn't You know, that's got to be a, a good thing. When they talk about one of the bad things, well, one of the many bad things about, say, factory farming is, you know, it's just stress does bad things to animals, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. makes them all sinewy and wiry. You know, the last couple of years notwithstanding, you know, he's probably had quite a relaxing time of it. So, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Slice off a thigh. So let's see who's going to be joining him. Who's the next choice uh, on the island? Um... I think it's, it's it's everybody's favorite DJ, David Guetta. <laughs> yeah. Um I I've never understood David Guetta no. ever from like the start. You know there's like loads of actors and musicians and you know they're really irritating and you hate that all their output and you 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 just like oh god this guy again. But if you trace their career back you go oh yeah but that's why you know, that breakthrough hit or that amazing movie, or, you know, that's why people loved him initially. Mm. And he's dining out on that. But I go back in this guy's game. <laughs> he was always shit. I, 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 I just don't get him at all. The music he plays is obviously it's not my music. So that's a bad start for any DJ. But for him to become this guy who's... And I'm going to sound like a hater here, and I'm glad because I I hate him. So it's perfect. Like you know, this kind of Super Bowl level guy, like TJ's the biggest events in the mm. world. Um, you know, I'm by and when I say that, I mean he's getting up and pressing play, and then the rest of the time is just like Christ-like pose mm. that he does. 
Um, don't understand it. I just don't understand it. Don't get it. I, I, I love DJs and I love the art of DJing, but I just don't see that that's what he's doing. I mean, he surely he spends more time highlighting his hair than 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 preparing any kind of uh, mix mm. for for live performance. The last thing I saw him do actually, um, which sort of solidified my sheer disdain for the man, was uh, after the the horrific um, George Floyd murder. Um, there was a lot of celebrities, you know saying their piece and 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 asking for peace and some of it was cringy but it was all you know comes come from the right place david guetta um created a remix of the i have a dream speech by martin luther king <laughs> and when i say remix all he did from a rooftop somewhere in los angeles or somewhere like that um with lots of sort of like very hot looking men and women around him sipping champagne uh he just like played a bit of the speech and then just went into the <laughs> arms up like christ again and he was like he did this speech about this is what we've got to do to bring the world together man and i was yeah. like yeah, yeah yeah me and you we were never anything but if we were we're fully done now <laughs> <laughs> but if only there'd been more mediocre house music things could yeah. have been different <laughs> yeah in a way it'd be great to have him on the island just to watch him like without the one thing that sort of makes him a star without the turntables yeah. just to see what's left yeah yeah because there's not much there no. with the turntables and without his hair products like <laughs> what happens exactly yeah it's he's he's so weird so you know i'm uh, you know i'm a like bedroom dj basically i've played out a little bit and when I hear about DJs who just have such a prepared set, pre-mixed, basically, yeah, yeah, I just think for me to stand there for an hour pretending to do something which you know at his level should be pretty easy, yeah, like it must be harder to stand there miming and pretending than it is to just play the records. A absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the the one thing you have to admire the man for is the sh the levels of shamelessness. Mm. I mean, there's not many of us who could just stand there for an hour occasionally twiddling a knob or adjusting the the earphones yeah you know, where they sit on our ears i mean it's 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 admirable really <laughs> i saw a thing with him once it was an interview and he was going they were saying oh you know have you had any mishaps or stressful situations and he was saying oh yeah you know like recently i was playing this festival but I had this software malfunction so all my tracks that I had lined up you know they weren't lined up so i had to go and find them through all the files and folders that i have and you're like <laughs> that's that's djing like, you mean djing it's not even like you're pulling out a vinyl anymore you know like you're finding a file on your computer or on your usb or whatever and then what because they're not all lined up in a folder you've got to remember the order they're in you're like do you remember how as a dj you you know that thing of like reacting to a crowd and <laughs> what a crazy story dave yeah <laughs> And it's not like, you know, it's all so one BPM and one genre. And look, I like electronic music, so I'm not like dissing sure. him just on that. I don't like his kind of electronic music. But no, it's not like no. the styles are varying so much that like if he just picked a random tune, it's going to clash with whatever he's playing. Wow. <laughs> you know. Unreal. So, and and his yeah. audiences would never notice either way. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd definitely stick him in there. He's um, He's a man who's really consistently irritated me for oh it's just well over a decade now it mm. must be eh 
Yeah, I mean, a long time. Two decades. Yeah, yeah, I think so. A while. I mean, it's never good. Yeah, I think he's he's a. He's absolutely a bit of a stain on, on on the industry, and yeah, he's not doing anyone any favors. And also, yeah, people just who level, don't understand, yeah. yeah, people who don't understand anything about DJing, like he's the guy that I think sort of validates their point of view that DJing is not musicianship. It's do you know what I mean, it's just some some twat who comes in and presses play. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of old school musicians feel that way about DJs and other people who just don't understand the art form of DJing. He's detriment to all of us. Like he's, he's a problem for all of us because he is that stereotype. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. Definitely. And yeah, just a big ego to have on the Island with you and you've already got one pretty Oof. big ego. So yeah, yeah. here, man, Prince Andrew, yeah. like, you know, and how small is this Island? Like, where can I go? <laughs> respite. Okay. Well, let's see who's going to uh, be the final piece in the puzzle. Like, who's the last person joining you? Well, I had a whole long list of obnoxious people. You know, Boris Johnson was in there, Piers Morgan. And I started to realise there's a pattern. These are all people that are really, really obnoxious, really arrogant, obnoxious, loud, um, fancy themselves people, which are the kind of people it's easy to hate. And then I thought again, oh, probably he's probably had Piers Morgan on this show a hundred times, Boris Johnson on this show a hundred times. And I suddenly thought, what's the only thing worse than being annoying <laughs> in another human being for me personally and i and i realize what it is is it's someone who's really boring <laughs> like that's that's a worse crime in a way than being obnoxious because like prince andrews entertained me with mm. his obnoxiousness as has piers morgan and boris johnson like i, I i've enjoyed the car crash occasionally and going oh my god you the level of prick this person is <laughs> is actually like outrageously entertaining almost if it w wasn't so maddening mm. whereas boringness it's like where do you begin yeah and i think you begin with michael owen <laughs> 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 i remember <laughs> i remember when he was a player in an interview one time they asked him about like Oh, what's, you know, what's your favourite um, music or like uh, movies? And he goes, oh, I don't watch movies. And I was like, what? <laughs> I remember watching it. like, who doesn't watch movies? <laughs> like, I just can't think of anybody who just doesn't watch a film. Mm. And he, yeah, I don't really listen to music. Um, and then he'd talk at length about horses. <laughs> and uh, as his career's gone on, it's, it's, it's like a it's kind of weird habit of his. He just, he just, He'll talk and talk and talk, but he'll never really say anything. <laughs> so it's remarkable. And he's a, he's like a famous pundit. People yeah, actually yeah. hire him every week on the biggest channels on, on, on the planet mm. to talk about football. Why? You'll never hear a more boring person. <laughs> I wonder if it's like people mistake his sort of calm, quiet delivery for sort of intelligence. Being assured, or yeah. Yeah, being yeah. Assured and, and smart and measured. Yeah, because you can't have too many, like, passionate Ian Wright sort of characters, sort of, you know. Yeah, that's probably what they're thinking, right? You've got to balance it out. Yeah, yeah but also you can have someone who's calm and collected and just actually interesting as well. Yeah. I mean, interesting things have happened to him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, he's scored one of the, one of my favourite goals of all time for England against Argentina in 1998. You know, he was an incredibly exciting breakthrough talent as a kid. Um, 
he's fought back from a million injuries. Uh, he's been a megastar. He even recently something interesting happened to him. His daughter was on Love Island, you know. Um, so suddenly his opinion was being asked about that. Um, but he didn't really have anything exciting to say about one of the most exciting <laughs> occurrences that's happened to an Owen for a, for a, for a long time. Um, bless him, he's just incredibly boring, and I'm sure he's a nice man. But if you're stuck on a desert island, like it could be worse than being obnoxious. It could be worse than being mm. arrogant. Having someone who's like, how many grains of sand do you think might be on this island? <laughs> interesting thought isn't it because I suppose every time the water laps the shore it's washing up more but taking some away <laughs> so were we getting more sand less sand or is the median of sand really just staying the same uh, in the time that we're here I, I, I would have like brained myself with a coconut <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean yeah within a couple of days we've got Guetta to do like an acapella game <laughs> do you know what I mean just to break it up I think it'd just be like a pinball bouncing between the two groups you know you think oh god I've had enough of these these egos over here I just need to oh Michael what are you up to no 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 <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to break up you'd have to have an Owen day yeah. and then an Andrew and, and Guetta day yeah definitely and I think and stay sane yeah, I wonder how he'd react to the other two. I don't know if he'd just sort of just sit there and really listen to them. Because actually, they've got some really good points and you'd have to explain to him, <laughs> you know. I don't know if it's, it's hard to... I mean, you know, I'm not the world's biggest football fan, so I don't know an awful lot about him. But, I mean, it's hard. It's so hard to know. Are you thick? Are you, like, vaguely intelligent? Like, I just can't get much from him, you know. So it's, like, long-term with Michael Owen, it's very difficult to, to know yeah. what he'll be like. Absolutely. You're right. He gives very, very little away um, because I think there is very little to give. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's all you're going to get. It's such a shame when someone, you know, like, you know, my fantasy is like being a rock star or like, you know, being on stage to thousands of people or just like just to experience that feeling of adulation and like passion and like you know that he you know he scored goals for England in the yeah, World incredible. Cup and it's like I want the pre-match into I mean the post-match interview to just be like fucking hell did you see what I did that's been my dream forever and I've just gone and done it and it's just sort of like well you know obviously uh, you know good result no come on it's a waste it's a waste it's a shame isn't it but that's that's what we have and uh, you know the best guys the most excitable guys will uh you know, will end up as the the, the 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 best paid pundits. I mean, Micah Richards is is ubiquitous on on screens now. He's on every football show talking about football in an incredibly excitable way. But I remember him as a player, and in his first two post match interviews, he he was like, "I can't fucking believe it." He actually said that, and they were like, "Michael, we have to remind you. I know you're excited, but please don't swear." And I was just. I fell in love with him immediately. Yeah. Because I was just like, that's real. That's real. He's reacting in a very real way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Rather than bottling it all up. Yeah, it's like Ian Wright. There was no situation. I've I've been lucky enough to meet Ian Wright a couple of times. And I can't think of a single Mm. situation that isn't improved by having Ian Wright in the room. You know? There you go. Like, it's the same sort of thing. Like, it's a very long story I won't go into, but I ended up watching a Star Wars film with him in the cinema and coming out, it was like the first of the new lot, you know. Oh, Force Awakens. Yes. And coming out of the cinema, 
having really enjoyed a film with Ian Wright, who was just so excited. It was just the best <laughs> thing ever, you know. And I just thought, I wish I could just, like, call on him. Ian, do you want to go and do something today? Like, it would just be amazing. Yeah, well, maybe that will happen to me because he's just moved in at the end of my road. Oh, well, you've, you've, <laughs> got, to, you've got to link up because, honestly, it's, not, it's only going to improve I, your I, life. I bumped I into him once and it was incredibly exciting. He was so generous with his time. He talked to me for so long that I had to leave. Yeah, I never thought I'd see that day. You know, yeah. I was like, I had to wrap it up. I needed to get to work. <laughs> Amazing guy. Well, unfortunately, this this uh, podcast isn't about positivity, so no, we're gonna we're gonna park the positive chat there yeah. for a minute. Yeah. But you've got a good selection of people already, so that was the hard part over. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Now, Ben, mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? Oof. Now, I, food-wise, drinks is tricky. I have to to mull that one over. Food-wise, I knew straight away it has to be shellfish because there's no shellfish that I like. (laughs) Apart from, like, I might have, like, some minced crab meat, possibly. But I just, the texture of shellfish weirds me out, grosses me out. And sometimes the smell of it, sometimes the feel on the mouthfeel. Mouthfeel is, you know, minus, minus two, minus three for me um, <laughs> out of ten for pretty much all shellfish. But particularly oysters, man. Oh, yeah. That is the grossest thing ever. Like, whack open the shell, you get that smell. Then inside is like someone's like tongue covered in mucus <laughs> and you just go, have you seen people eating them Are you normally yeah. rich people uh, it's like makes the grossest noise and they're, they're like either chewing them this jelly squidgy thing or they're swallowing it right down either way i'm just like just watching it makes me want to barf do you know what i mean yeah. let alone the thought of putting one in my mouth i i, I just there's so many close seconds. I mean, octopus was up there, which I have I have tried once. Mm. I, I never wanted to try it, but I thought, stop being a baby. Jimmy. I mean, you're nearly 40 years old, so I tried it a couple of years ago, and I was like, yep, disgusting. Just, just, <laughs> just what I thought it would be. Like, I don't, you don't, you know, when people get angry, oh my god, you have to, you have to try it. No, you don't. No, I don't, bro. Like, there's loads of other food that yeah. I like. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I really don't have to. <laughs> it's weird, like oysters. 
I, I wish I liked them because it's kind of I like anything that's got a bit of ceremony to it. You know, it's like mm. you know, open it up to Basco, putting all the bits on. You kind of it's like a shot. You know, it's kind of like mm-hmm. bit rock and roll. Yeah, but like I, yeah, I've tried and it's and it's very difficult to like you know because as a grown up, I don't want to be the one spitting out food. Going, no. well, well, you know, but it's but I will it's be that a, guy. I yeah, will be that guy. Society party. <laughs> And it's such a big thing. I uh, just wrong. And you're right because if you try and swallow it, you're like, "This is unnatural." I feel like a oh. drugs mule here trying to choke this Absolutely. down. Absolutely. And if you try and chew it, it's like, I mean, this has taken a long time. Oh. Like, I don't. Yeah, it's like, oh, it just tastes like the sea. I'm like, the sea doesn't always smell that great. That's the other thing. People say like it tastes like the sea, and I'm like, that's one of the reasons I don't like a lot of shellfish. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because of the yeah. sea thing. I, that's not a taste that I'm into. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying yeah. no, you've got to try it and then even when you do try it and you don't like it they'll say oh but how did they prepare it mm. you know you've got to have it from this place or you've got to have it with this sauce on it and like no mm-hmm. I'm not going back in <laughs> forget it well, the last time I tried one I remember thinking okay I've given it a go before and it didn't work but this time I know I'll, I'm going to put loads of Tabasco on because I like hot sauce right so I did that then the thing was still stuck a bit in the shell, so I tipped oh. it back. All I got was just all this Tabasco running down my oh. throat <laughs> and like hitting, you know, like, because I like spicy food, but you know, sometimes Same. it hits you in the wrong point and it oh, just sort of makes you cough. So then I'm coughing and then trying Your to... eyes are watering. Oh man, it's awful. So yeah, I think a lot of seafood promises a lot more than it gives. Do you know what I mean? It looks, looks spectacular. Looks you great. Know, um, it looks great. Yeah, it's presentation and all of that and... Um, and also that there's so many elements of seafood that uh, sort of uh, scream high end. Do you know what I mean? Caviar mm. and lobster, oysters. They're all things that you think, oh, this is high end stuff, octopus. But I'm just like, keep it, man. Keep yeah. it, you weirdos. Although I wonder if it's just looks, it looks good because we're conditioned, we know it's expensive. Like, you know, like you think, oh, lobster looks so delicious and decadent. But mm. then like... I took my son to the Sea Life Centre recently and I saw some lobsters crawling around and then I was like, they don't look delicious now. They don't you know, look delicious when I'm like watching Alien and I see face spiders, hugs. do you know what I mean? It's not, Weird, aren't they? There's, there's too not much. Temp- not a tempting thing to eat. No. Okay, Absolutely. so we'll give you a lovely seafood platter with, with an extra <laughs> side of oysters. There, as much raw fish as you possibly can. <laughs> yeah. Please, yeah. And um, what are you going to try and wash it down with? What do you think your drink choice will be? I think I'd wash it down with uh, Southern Comfort. Mm, yeah, good choice. <laughs> possibly the worst alcohol. I I love alcohol. I love it. There's v- there's very little in the world of alcohol that I'm not willing to partake in or try. It's very it's the opposite of shellfish. And I, there's loads of alcohol I've never tried. But listen, line line one up. I'll give it a bash. <laughs> Southern Comfort is the only one I think I've just I've not returned to since the age of 15 yeah uh, i don't know why we had a bottle one of us had a bottle we went uh it was like four or five of us we went up to the norfolk broads got the train from london after school one friday and we went we went and camped out there and just thought let's have a little weekend we'd get some booze we'd get some weed and we'll go out there it's the kind of thing we used to do like just get a break from the city and i don't know who brought southern comfort but it was all we had and you know like this booze you would steal from an older sibling or a parent or something because you couldn't buy it unless you had that you you know you did that thing of paying someone to like an adult in the 90s i think there was more like um morally dubious adults who would probably do that so maybe that's how we got it but i don't remember anyway 
it was all we had so we all like drank as much as it as we could and it's like a sickly sweet syrup and i think all of us were roundly sick i definitely was i was like mm. puking all weekend like just foul the foulest stuff i'm not sure sh- what are you supposed to drink it with coca-cola that seems wrong i mean it's, Even it's already sugar. so sweet isn't yeah. it it's like what is it anyway what is it I don't, I don't even know what it is. What family is it claiming to be a part of? I suppose, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's... Is it some somehow bourbon-related or something? Like Maybe. I don't it's, know. it's very much like sort of spirits with training wheels on, isn't it? It's like, you know, booze with stabilisers. It's sort of like, you know, if they had an yeah. honest tagline, it's like, it's spirits for kids. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like... <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because you feel like grown up, Absolutely. you're like, oh, it's Absolutely. like your introduction. It's like things like that. And like, you know, people used to drink like arches and lemonade. It's sort yeah, of like, when I think of all the underage drinking that that we did outside of the obvious like cider, mm. which is like the, the gateway to, to actual beer, it was all... Stuff like Alize, Mad Dog Twenty Twenty, Archers, like the sweetest, mm. brightly coloured. I mean, when they created Hooch, it was just like, okay, now they're taking the. This is actually for children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've made alcoholic lemonade, yeah. and that was the first like real alcohol pop. Either that or Two Dogs. I think they were both Australian. Yeah, but um, when they created that, I was just like, okay, game over. We've got al- we've got an alcoholic <laughs> soft drink. Yeah, I just love the juxtaposition of like who Southern Comfort appeals to and what it tastes like versus their imagery, where it's like, yeah, how they try to sell these it. parts, we do things differently. <laughs> <laughs> old man Withers pulls himself up a, a stool, he whittling the stick, and has an old glass of Southern Comfort. That's the way we do things around here. And it's like, no, like they're probably drinking moonshine. Well, why like, didn't no. you spend some time making it not taste like shit? Yeah. With all these experienced old guys. Get yourself a proper drink, boy. Try some of this. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, this is sweet. Didn't expect that. No, you didn't. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's a terrible drink. It really is a terrible drink. Yeah. Oh, man. And, yeah, just... If that's your only drink as well, I mean, with given the company on your own, at some point you're going to be forced to drink a bit, you know, just to try. And, yeah. But yeah, then yeah. the hangovers from that, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's a solid choice. I reckon choice. Prince Andrew drinks it by the bucket load. <laughs> Pint of it. He just find it a funny poor person's novelty. He'd be quite excited by it all, you know. Yeah, yeah. David Getter's yeah. probably like, oh, I was sponsored by these guys once. Yeah, great. <laughs> Okay, now, Ben, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's Mm. entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time, and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and why? The film's really hard, so I'll do the easier one first. There's plenty of songs I hate, but there's only one that genuinely angers me. The only time I'd hear it is in the back of the cab because, you know, someone's got Greatest Hits Radio on or something. Or This Is this is Heart or something like that. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Mm, yeah. That song, there's loads of songs that are irritating. You just turn them off. There's loads of other songs that are just like, oh, why do you like that song? It's rubbish. Breakfast at T- Tiffany's I find offensive in mm. its shitness. It's got like less chords than an Oasis song. It's it's the chorus itself is two notes. The melody's two notes. And I said, what about breakfast at Tiffany's? And then, 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 remember the film? And as I recall, I think, 
We both kind of liked it. I'm like, is this chorus still going on? And I said, well, there's one thing we've got. Are you taking the piss? Yeah, it's one step away from being a siren at that point. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus Christ. And people are like, oh, there's such a one-hit wonder. Oh, really? What a surprise (laughs) that they didn't have any other songs. Like, can you imagine what the rest of their catalogue is like? Oh, man, yeah. The songs that were not even close to being good enough to charting. It sounds really like it should have been the theme tune to something. You know, like, you know, like... Yeah, um, like maybe it was in the running for Friends. Yeah, exactly. Didn't quite make exactly. it. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a, a, something that was a theme tune, then they released it. But it's it's not like, that was that was someone's band, that's what they released, and that was, you know, that was their song they were happy with, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're happy with it you can picture the engineer going what are you are you finit is that yeah that's, oh, okay okay no no cool cool I'll, I'll invoice you i didn't i didn't <laughs> i just thought we'd be here for a bit longer no no it's fine it's fine no honestly it's fine i'm i'll I call my missus we'll go up for for a meal great it's lovely to meet you guys all the best <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean wow it is the most basic piece of songwriting i think i've ever heard and yet so irritating because mm. basic songwriting on the surface, there's nothing wrong with it. A simplistic idea. I remember reading interviews with like Evan Dando, John Lennon, Kurt Cobain, who all said like they were as inspired by like nursery rhymes as by anything else. Because mm. the simplicity of a melody is mm. the thing that really like grabs somebody. And it's true, you know. You think about a lot of their songs. If you hear some of like Kurt Cobain's harmonies, if you take out like the rawness of the lyrics and the rawness of his actually the sound of his vocals it's really like playful playground music Mm. same with evan dando same with a lot of lennon's early stuff you know so there's nothing wrong with it and like i say there's nothing wrong with having only a couple of chords oasis proved that you know having incredibly catchy basic songs there's nothing Mm. wrong with it but if you're gonna like take that and run with it to the extent that i can't remember what the band's called breakfast at tiffany the extent they did where they're just like it's almost like a middle finger to the history of music Mm. (laughs) I'm just gonna nasally sing this and the the, the, I think it's also the attempt at being quirky that annoys me yeah did you find the name of the band what are they called Deep Blue Something wow they couldn't even bother to finish their band name (laughs) wow yeah Deep Deep Blue Deep Blue Deep blue something, guys. Think of something. Come on. Deep blue, deep blue. Oh, fuck it. Let's just go and get lunch. Yeah. Deep blue something. <laughs> and that just says it all. Couldn't even be bothered to finish writing their own name. It's, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's the attempt at, um, oh, quirk. You know, mm. oh, this is a bit different. Oh, yeah. this is a bit strange, isn't it? A bit off-centre. It's a bit left field. Yeah. You can imagine he's got like a waistcoat and a little trill, straw trilby yeah. at an angle. And you, you think know. at the same time, Jarvis Cocker is like effortlessly writing uh, uh, what seem like simple stories ab- about life that are actually quirky and left field. And when they hit you, you're like, oh, my God, this doesn't only speak to me. This feels like he's talking about the state of the nation you know <laughs> where we're at in modern history if it, it, it felt profound within its within its simplicity you know that's happening at the same time mm. that, yeah. that that you're writing that I'd, i would have been embarrassed to release it but they did 
I feel like it was around for a long time as well. Like I think it's mate, stuck it's about still get, for go a... go and get go and get a cab now. <laughs> you have to turn on like heart. It will be played. No, of course, but I mean, like I don't know if it got to number one or whatever, but it felt Must like it was fairly big for a while. But yeah, I agree with you. I think, and it's exactly the sort of thing that will just it will just stick with you though, because it's just that sort of annoying thing that catches you know, like you'll be walking around the island, you catch yourself humming it, and then go, oh god, you know, you got to tell yourself off, like stop doing that. You know. Yeah, I don't get it with the chorus because I that I hate that chorus more than any chorus ever written in the history of of music. But I sometimes get caught out by the verse. Mm. You know, you'd be walking along just like you say. <laughs> what is that? Is that the Beatles? Oh my god! It's not. It's the antithesis of the Beatles. It's the worst song ever. Fuck! Did anybody hear me? Yeah. yeah, scary it's, times. It's a strong choice. Okay, well then, uh, what's your film choice going to be, do you think? This is much harder. Mm. It's much harder because there's so many bad films. And with films as well, they're not like songs. They can't just assault you like Breakfast at Tiffany's can, just like weave into your crevice without you asking. <laughs> you know, you're in a cab, Breakfast at Tiffany's plays. There's not much you can do about it. Um, with movies... If your mate says it's terrible or the review says he's just not going to go and watch it, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I opt out. So it it was it's a bit tougher and I have to think about films that I was either forced to watch or had to watch or was stuck with, you know. Um, and two came to mind, so I need to pick between the two because they're so completely opposite. Okay. One I had to watch um, for another podcast, uh, a film show. Um, which was Batman versus Superman, and right. I, I think this may win because it angered me from start to finish. Um, although it did make me laugh, it's mo- I've, I credit it for being like its most dramatic moment, its most serious moment, had me crying with laughter. Which is where you f- they finally show down after three hours of fucking nothing happening, um, just brooding, two men mm. brooding in different places and then eventually you get the showdown that you've been waiting for because it's called Batman versus Superman Mm. so they really should have a fight and they have a fight and obviously they're killing each other because they're both superheroes and just as um, Superman's about to land the death blow to Batman he mentions that his mum's name was Martha Um, I guess maybe he's praying to his parents or something, you know, because he's about to die. And Superman, just before laying the death blow, goes, wait, your mum's name's Martha? He goes, yeah. He goes, my mum's name's Martha. (laughs) He's like, no. And they stop fighting and they see that they're both, you know, just guys with mums who, you know, just... just want to do right in the world and that fighting each other doesn't really make sense you know we're both of Martha so let's just (laughs) let's just let's let's just you know do what we do best and fight crime rather than each other I was watching it going I was looking around the cinema you know did that have I like fallen asleep and started dreaming about the movie or did that just fucking happen it, of course, when I came out and read all the reviews, it happened and it was a laughable moment. But <laughs> how, like, unreal, like, to write a three-hour movie that was dog shit up until that point and just not know, like, we have to have the fight. But how do we get out of the fight? That's amazing. It's sort of like lying there going, well, Dad, I didn't make it. I guess you had some pretty big shoes to fill. Wait, shoes? 
I wear shoes. I wear shoes. <laughs> it re- you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of that early scene in When Harry Met Sally where they go on a really awkward double date and um, uh, Carrie Fisher's trying to matchmake and she says to the, the, the awkward pair that on their first date, says, um, oh, you know, um, uh, her, her, her dad comes from Maine. And he goes, oh, really? Yeah, I'm from Maine. She goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they just go back to their food. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's not going to work. It reminded me of that. It was like... Who gives a fuck? Who cares? Yeah. You're actually not going to kill him because uh, it's, it's just unbelievable. Actually, now that I've remembered it, I think it has to be my number one over my number two, which was mid '90s, which I, I really irritated me. But I, I doesn't definitely doesn't get me as angry as as Batman versus <laughs> yeah. Superman. To give it its full title: colon, Dawn of Justice. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I called it BVS Dodge. <laughs> that, and it's worth dodging. Like, don't waste your life, three hours of your life. You will never That's get it. back. Mid 90s is, in comparison, actually not that bad. It, it's just mid 90s is massively overrated. That's why it was in there with a the shout. Yeah. By someone I really like, Jonah Hill, mm. um, writing, written and directed a film about the mid 90s, which is my era, me and him, same age. So like everything about this is made for me. Yeah. I watched it. I've never seen a film like it. Nothing happened <laughs> at all. It's just boys like walking around. Yeah, I think with that film, it's just sort of, it's one of those things where you go, yeah, we used to do that. Oh, I used to listen to that. Yeah. And like, yeah, this is great. And then afterwards yeah. you're like, was it like, what? What's the story? Like, yeah, we, we used to skate around <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah. like occasionally argue and listen to hip hop and, yeah, <laughs> it's like the and it's just so well received. That's why that's why it was in my in my top sort of five and most annoying movies because it's like no, stop rating it. <laughs> nothing happens. You can't have a movie where nothing happens and there's no subtext other than hey, remember that time. Mm, no, yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't exist. But no, Batman versus Superman is way worse. So absolutely in there. And at least mid nineties is quite short compared it's not like a three hour long thing you know yeah yeah there you go it's it's, it's 90 minutes so you know if you've got nothing to say at least have the decency <laughs> to say nothing for 90 minutes rather than three hours yeah and then have a yeah. martha reveal definitely and i think Outrageous. you know if you i mean batman versus superman or whichever way around is is never going to get it's never going to get better with lot you know you're only going to find more annoying things about it and as you say it's a three hour long thing where it's just just and also just from the beginning you're like superman's got superpowers batman's a rich guy with gadgets yeah. come on we don't need three hours to discuss this yeah yeah <laughs> superman is an alien who can kill anybody and is yeah. indestructible so let's just cut to the chase here <laughs> exactly batman needs to get some kryptonite asap yeah yeah, yeah. exactly no we're gonna have an hour of batman brooding okay now get the kryptonite oh no we gotta move to an hour of superman brooding <sighs> then the final hour is half an hour's brood each and then fight <laughs> end credits yeah okay I think you made a very good case for that being your film choice okay um, Ben finally the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals which animal is it and why this was so easy but it's quite specific it's a fox mm-hmm. but it's not a country fox and I, you know I, I'm not into cruelty to animals. I don't believe that they should be hunted down in the countryside. That said, being a Londoner, the London fox is the specific fox I'm talking about. And yes, I am advocating hunting them down. Because, mate, these foxes, right, they're so 
ballsy now. Mm. My garden is full of them. They shit all over my garden. Sometimes, like, if I try and go to war with them, like, someone told me to, like, piss in the garden. Yeah. You know, like, male piss. So I, pi- I find myself, like, pissing up against the fence or, like, filling a bottle with piss. Like, pissing in a bottle. That's where I'm at. Mm. Pissing in a bottle, spraying it at them. Because <laughs> apparently, like, that's the territory thing. If I did that, I don't do it anymore because when I did that, they'd come right up to my back door just do a little shit just on the step <laughs> or like I bought some new garden furniture and I got a big cover for it put the cover on they're like oh you got some new shit have you okay how about this I woke up the next morning there was a shit on top of the cover on top uh, of the garden furniture oh man uh, you know they're like they're, they're, they're actually saying to me fuck you yeah yeah not in those words they're saying it which is the maddest what what the fuck is that oh man yeah definitely it's terrifying and they've just given up being nocturnal they're just like fuck it oh they don't give a shit about that anymore do you remember when we were kids Mm. when you saw a fox it's like seeing a deer in a movie you know there'd be this moment the fox would be like oh my god I've been spotted and you'd go oh my god I've spotted a fox and you'd share this moment where the fox looks at you and be like don't tell anybody and then just disappear and you'd be like, whoa. And you tell your friends, I, sh- I saw a fox last night. People are like, what? <laughs> now, it's like you're at the bus stop and the fox is at the bus stop with you. Yeah. Like, when's this bus coming? Who's got snacks? Like, did that fox just kiss its teeth at me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and they don't, they're not mangy anymore. They're fat. They're plump. Yeah. I saw a family of them yesterday. Two little cute cubs just bowling along. Like, what, are we living in fucking Peppa Pig now? Like, where, it's just a family of foxes cruising along. Come on, kids. Come on. Yeah. Just creating two more little shits for me to deal with. I had the same thing with foxes in my garden. I'm from Leicester and, you know, the fox is the symbol of my city. You of know, course, I used to yeah, love yeah. seeing a fox, like you say. But, yeah, I had this one and, like, it was so brazen. It would just sleep on our lawn in the middle of the day. Like, it wouldn't even sleep sort of under a bush or by a tree <laughs> or any shelter. Like, right in the middle, just like, this is mine this now, is mine. fuck you. And it was freaking out my cat. My cat started shitting in the house. Oh. I was like, oh, man, like, you know, like in my son's room. And I'm like, oh, mate. And my son, he's got, like, fake grass in his room because we thought it'd be fun. You know, he's like, oh, look, you know, a bit, bit of fun. But when you try to clean cat shit out of fake grass, it's no joke anymore, Ooh. right? So I was, like, watching this fox from the kitchen. And I'm like, and I tried to open the window and sort of shoo it off. And it just didn't care. <laughs> And I thought, right, it's right by the shed. It's got a metal shed. And I thought, if I can throw something against the shed, it'll make a really loud noise, scare it off a bit. And I looked around the kitchen. I was like, what can I throw? And there's this little pack of, like, uh, smints that someone had given me in a train station. I'm like, picked up this. And I'm like, put some mints in my hand. You know when you're just like, I'm going mad here. Yeah. Like, this is a man, like, losing the plot. And I ran outside, and it had run off by the time I got there. <laughs> and then I'm just, like, in my hall with a handful of mints, just like what am I doing with my life? And it's like, I, at that moment, I was like, you know, Forrest Gump, he's like, life is like a box yeah, of chocolate. Yeah. So I was like, life is like standing in your hall with a handful a of handful mints. Of mints. Because sometimes you're going to stop and look at yourself and be like, how the fuck did I end up yeah. here? Do you know what I mean? I thought you were going to reference Point Break, that bit where he gets frustrated and shoots at the sky before you're going to like lie on your back and throw the smints <laughs> at the ceiling. Ah! <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah there's a i've got a neighbor who feeds the foxes raw meat so Mm -hmm. like i'll wake up some days and my garden will have like a raw chicken leg in there covered in Mm -hmm. shit and then my dog will try and eat it i was like i can't deal with this 
Who's feeding yeah. the foxes? Yeah. They're fine. They're scavengers. But that's the thing, the shitting as well. Like, I had one day the other week, a fox had torn open our food bin outside, scattered everything everywhere, shat in the pile of food. <laughs> and then I went in my back garden and there was McDonald's bags in there. So I'm like, so wait, you've come around to my house asking for food. You didn't like what you found. You did, took a shit, and then you brought a Mackey D's round. Crazy! Like, what? This yeah, they is they mad. bring the, the 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 pups bring in stuff that they found. So it's like occasionally I'll get a mm. shoe, Jimmy, you know I a glove, a ball, like just shit just appears. It's it's very irritating, and that's yeah. why they pipped seagulls to my number one because seagulls were definitely in there with a sh- sh- honorable yeah. mention for seagulls. Oh, definitely, they're very much they're, the, the they're flying similar, fox, aren't they? Aren't they? The they? flying fox and um. And and similarly, they've got attitudes. You notice when you walk past them and they just look at you and they'd be like... Oh, massive. <laughs> <laughs> they just look like they're laughing in your face and those dead eyes, mm. man. Those dead, beady eyes. Yeah, yeah. so they're, they're a close yeah. second because, then, oh, because they're not, like, interfering with me directly. Some parts of London, though, do get, like, seagull abuse. There was one time when the seagulls went rampant up Holloway Road in Islington just tore the whole thing apart like it looked like there'd been a storm or like a, a riot <laughs> during the night and they realised from footage that it was seagulls like a mass of them just on the rampage turning over bins like crazy t- t- pulling out bin bags tearing them apart strewing, uh, nuts they're terrorists man Yeah, vandals crazy. foxes seagulls vandals rats like they just get on with it don't they just quietly do their thing yeah scavengers they yeah. do all the same things yeah. but they're just like you know what i'm not an extrovert it's gonna do this my way mm. <laughs> i don't want to be seen i don't know you know what i mean they're like the old mafia yeah then you've got these like john gotti guys like <laughs> seagulls and the foxes who just want to be seen they want to wear the sharp suits they want to be all over the news times have changed yeah Oh, Ben, do you know what? I think you've had a brilliant selection and it's been really well argued throughout. So thank you so much for coming on Desert Island Dicks today. It's been a real pleasure. Now, you're up to so much all the time, but like, what are you up to at the minute that we should check out? Um, well, I've just, you know, I just finished shooting an amazing true crime thing for BBC One with Timothy Spall, but I've no idea when it, it's going to come out. But that's going to be a mind-blowing drama and a true story as well. So really really riveting look out for that I guess maybe like the new year sometime um, mm-hmm. but uh, like coming out now um, in fact on my birthday on the 21st of September is going to be the new Star Wars series for Disney Plus it's called Andor um, it's kind of like a prequel to Rogue One so you can add that to your yeah um, that's a big one Force Awakens maybe watch it with Ian Wright I would love to watch it with Ian Wright if you can get hold of him if I bump into him I'll tell him give you a shout and a prequel to Rogue One as well I mean Rogue One is like the best bit of, that's come out so far for me you know that's, that's yeah like really sort of dark kind of almost like a war yeah. action thriller kind of thing yeah what a credit to have that's that's amazing yeah definitely yeah, I'm pretty excited about that yeah so that drops soon and then, and then yeah next week I start a new job up in Manchester shooting a, a rom-com thing um, for ITV so it's it's a good life man I, I love jumping from job to job and, and meeting new people that's that's why I haven't done stand-up for so long because stand-up's just it's amazing but it's just so lonely <laughs> and uh, when you're acting you just got like you meet all these new people You it's like a team game and you all work together to try and get this thing done and make it good and 
uh, yeah, I love I love finishing one and jumping onto the next. Yeah. So uh, yeah, looking forward to the next adventure, man. Nice one, brilliant. Well, we're all looking forward to it too. So Ben, thank you so much for coming on Desert Island Dicks today. It's been really fun. Cheers, man. Thank you. So there you go. That was Ben Bailey-Smith there. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. It was really fun to record that one. Uh, we're going to be back next week with another podcast. As I said before, remember, you can uh, come and see us with John Robbins live at the Bedford Pub in Ballam on Thursday, the 6th of October, as part of the Cheerful Earful Podcast Festival. It'll be great to see you there. Um, and, and that's it, really. Desert Island Dicks was a sync clap production created and produced by James Deacon, hosted and produced by me, Dan Benedictus, edited by the wonderful Chris Attaway, and as always, a special thanks to John Deacon, the boss man. Um, That's it, and we'll be back really soon with some more great guests here on Desert Island X. Thank you so much for listening. Tell your friends all about it, and uh, that's it. Bye.